0: All righty, so up until uh, this week of the final week of the Emergencies Act inquiry, not one police force said they needed the Emergencies Act. CSIS made very clear that there was no national security threat to the country. And yet, the head of CSIS, who once upon a time, it was actually just last week, said the convoy didn't meet the threshold of a national security breach as of Monday now, he says, well, but I told the prime minister to use it anyway. Like, uh, we'll just freewheel this kind of thing. Let me bring in Mr. Tom Korsky, managing editor of Black Locks Reporter. And I'm sure you're watching Mr. Mendocino twist himself into a knick, uh, you know, twist his knickers into a knot on this one. But uh, what are your thoughts on uh, this little twist in the uh, last week, which is very convenient for the prime minister and his ministers?
1: Oh, the lawyers got to him, and, and, and guess who the lawyers were? They were lawyers from the Department of Justice that wrote the Emergencies Act <laughs> orders in the first place. <laughs> uh classic. Ottawa, my town.
0: Yeah, you know, it, but it's interesting, because the Privy Council and these federal advisors seem to be just making it up on their own to justify this law. I mean... You know, apparently we've got laws in the book that government makes, but if you just kind of freewheel them and and bend them to what works for you, this is how they're going to try to run uh, the country.
1: What's interesting, I think, is I think that's true. What's interesting is the takeaway and the fact that they don't see it, because they look at themselves in the mirror and say, I'm a good person. This could never (laughs) apply to someone like me. And that's their world view. And they don't understand. I don't think I'm being patronizing when I say this. I legitimately don't think they grasp the idea that a future cabinet, now that this has been normalized, can use it to freeze the accounts of the Sierra Club next time they're getting on your nerves. Or next time there's a strike at the mill. All we have to do... Or a
0: rail blockade or an indigenous... You name that. Pick your cause. Pick your cause. Yeah.
1: Let's freeze the accounts, boys. They don't see that, that they've normalized that, and that's the kind of country we've become. And I know that if you explain this to them really slowly so that the clerk or the privy council can follow along, they won't believe it. But that's what they did.
0: Yeah, and I watched a ton of the um testimony uh, yesterday Um because all of a sudden the narrative was, oh, my goodness, in the last week, all of a sudden now we have justification for this. And it's like, well, no, not if you understand the law in the book. The law is written that it has to be a national security crisis, and this was not. It was ruled that it was not. So you can't change it at the last minute because, oh, I know, Um, but we've seen this before. You know, we've got these advisors. We've got the Privy Council Uh, who seem to kind of, um, freewheel things. We saw it with SNC, where it's like we know the rule of law is being meddled with, but we've got our own reasons that it's okay. And so I think this behavior, I think, should be very troubling to people because they're not supposed to be freewheeling things. And, you know, you've written about it. I mean, Janice uh, Charette, who I don't think has a lick of any kind of uh, legal knowledge, to my knowledge. She makes, what, $350,000 a year. And there she is, you know, one of the big um, witnesses at this thing. And she's talking about we got to like, bring the full power of federal government against these convoy operators. You know, uh, national unity was at at, at um, risk. No idea too crazy for this lady.
1: There was, uh, the, the, she's the head of the Federal Public Service, 300,000 of them. There was, yeah. the, you, when you read the documents, and the documents are really the, the, the clincher for us, because you can see in real time what these people were thinking, and and because everyone emails and texts now. We don't have to guess on what your testimony is after the lawyers get to you, because we can see it in real time. Alex, these people never felt more vibrant and alive than when they were sitting in secret council deciding how to pull the wings off of flies down at the (laughs) convoy. Minister Mendicino mused about seizing their life savings. He actually used that word, according minutes of a secret cabinet meeting, he wanted to teach them a lesson. I'm going to teach the little people a lesson. I'm going to seize their bank accounts that they keep with joint accounts with their spouses that you use to pay the hockey fees and the groceries. Why don't we seize the funds? Welcome to Ottawa. That's what happened in cabinet. Of course, yeah. it's horrifying. The job is up to the judge. I've said before, Alex, my two cents. If that judge doesn't come out with a withering, scornful ruling that condemns this government overreach, you're you're going to see this over and over.
0: Yeah. And again, I, what I think is very clear, Tom, is that um, there is so political, this whole thing. That no matter what, if you hated the convoys and you hated this, you will be just fine with that. And I keep saying, well, you gotta remember, if you're okay with it on this, then you've gotta be okay with a pure poly-ever government doing it, because that's now the bar we have uh, set. My question, though, at, at what point, you know, Marco Mendicino and David Lametti, both lawyers, but David Lemetti has a a, a, a parliamentary duty. That at at some points in those meetings, he should have been saying, guys, I get that you don't like this current law. I get that you would like to change this law, but this is the law we are working with and we can't do it. And I'm telling you this as a lawyer, but he didn't do it.
1: No, not only did Lametti not do that, I mean, he's nothing special. He's just a law professor from McGill. <laughs> Lametti actually testified that he uh, believed there was foreign influence in this because he heard it on the CDC. His deputy mm. justice minister
0: what, that actually testified, report? The one that he
1: testified with a straight face that he thought Ottawa police had lost control of the situation because he said, that's what I saw on TV. Okay. We got to play it a little sharper than that. You, your takeaway is exactly on, on the mark, Alex, this was 100% politics. It had nothing to do with public safety, zero to do with national security.
0: But it worked. Apparently, that's now it. But it worked. So that's where we're working off. It It worked. One of the more bizarre turns, I think, happened uh, with the, the lawyer for the convoy. And I'm not really sure that's probably the lawyer they should have gone with. But nonetheless, he suggested that the sole Nazi flag carrier was a, actually a publicist and a former Toronto Star manager. I don't know how they got off that. You can barely see the picture of this guy's face. So, um it, you know, it didn't work. It got slapped down by the judge as kind of like you don't have any facts to back that up. Having said that, so they're trying to infer that this Toronto political firm uh, interfered with it. But but this was, this one swastika flag was the justification that the Prime Minister needed to launch these kind of emergency powers. Never mind lath Marouf being paid half a million dollars. Never mind, uh, you know, Joel Harden. I mean, never mind all the real anti-Semitism out there. It was this one flag.
1: Do you know why I think the lawyer did that? I actually think that's an experienced trial lawyer. When you do that, what you're doing is you're sending a message to the court, in this case, Judge Rollo. What you're saying is, I know that everyone's all upset about the Nazi extremism, they were homophobic, etc., just letting you know that we think there's evidence that that was a setup and you're going to have to follow it right down the line very carefully. Just follow the law. We're not going to get confused about Nazis and fake foreign interference, which is, of course, what cabinet did. We're not going to talk about, you know, uh, unacceptable views by a fringe minority of racists and misogynists. That's actually wasn't what this was about. This was a hundred percent politics but there's no law that says you can use the police to stick it to your political opponents. But it looks like that's what they did.
0: Yeah. And maybe my criticism is then I, he just didn't prepare it. Like, I just, if you're going to make that kind of statement and you want to bring that into the narrative, you got to be able to present it better. And I just felt like it was like, no, nah, I, I get where you're going with this, not necessarily the best way. Um, to argue it. Having said that, we're going to talk again before uh, Mr. Justin Trudeau is on the stand on Friday, and I can't imagine that is going to be, I think, a performance for the ages, um, and, and so will Christian Freeland, because ultimately I do think the money is going to be the big problem area for this government, because they're going on this premise. Well, it worked. Uh,
1: so. yeah, no, no one does well under oath. <laughs> There's no one whose, whose reputation is enhanced When they're questioned under threat of perjury.
0: (laughs) Well, I don't know. I'm reading some of the coverage of this, Tom, and I'm like, maybe the Ottawa Press Gallery should have not covered this. They they, were already uh, in the tech. A little too close to the story. I'm like, "Ah, guys, where's Christy Blatchford when we meet her, you know?
1: They were already in the tech. Yeah,
0: Yeah. all right, so that's why we turn things over to you to get maybe a different perspective on things, so we'll talk to you again on uh, Thursday. Thanks, Alex. All righty, Tom Korski joining us here Blacklock supporter, subscription based, and of course, worth the money.